Hi, this is Marcy McNeil, producer of the Next in Ed podcast. If you have a topic you think we should discuss, or someone you think we should interview, or if you would just like to give us some feedback, you can email us at nextinedpodcast at gmail.com. You can also reach us through Facebook, Twitter, or LinkedIn. And now, we hope you enjoy the following episode. Hi, welcome to Next to Ned. I'm Joe. And I'm Julie. Julie! Gosh, I didn't know I could remember how to do that. Wow, <laughs> it's, it's been, been a long time. I know, we took the summer off. <laughs> we took the summer off. Well, we were working, but we, we took it off from here. It was a working summer. It was a working summer. Um, so new things happening. Yes. With the podcast. <laughs> yes, right now as we speak. Yeah, so wave to the people. Hey, everybody. We're now filming everything. We're on we stepped, we stepped it up a notch. Oh, another level up. You keep doing that, Joe. Well, it, it's not me. It's because of you, I think, because a few things have happened since the last time we had an episode. Yeah, but I don't know about the video part. You know, yeah. We have to give credit to our producer. Well, of course, but let's, let's right, hang Marcy. on. Hold up. Okay. We got to get to it. The last time we talked on air, you were in the uh, Sweet 16 for Teacher of the Year for the state of Alabama. That is correct. And, and then something happened. Something happened. What was that? I got a phone call from Dr. Mackey. And Dr. Mackey is our state superintendent. Yes. And he said, congratulations, you're in the final four. So now you're in the final four. Right. And um, As if things weren't going good enough for you already. <laughs> yeah. Now you're in the... In the yeah. T- so yeah. now the, the final four, <laughs> that that offered up very, something for you to... Had not, you had an opportunity to do something pretty cool. Yeah. I went to the governor's mansion for lunch. We had a very nice lunch, met the other uh, wonderful, amazing educators who are also in the final four. And you had and lunch with the governor. Lunch with the governor. What'd you have? What was on the menu? Oh, salad, chicken. Salad. We bet it on chicken. It was well, chicken. I figured, well, yeah, you can't, I mean, you can't <laughs> really go wrong with chicken. Mm-mm. You can't. It was very wow. nice. It okay. Was a so wonderful experience. When will we know? August 11th. We will be going to the Biscuits Baseball Stadium for the announcement. Um, in Montgomery. Oh, wow. At the, it's a river river walk stadium. So you go all the way up there, and then if you don't win, you're just like, hey, it was fun. And then you uh, got to no, take because, the drive back to because, Montgomery. No, because Montgomery. I've already won. That's right. In, <laughs> in, and I don't mean as teacher of the year, but just as final four. That's what I mean. That's right. Um, that's fantastic. Congratulations. I'm, I'm happy for you on yeah. that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that, that was... So everybody's going to find out August the 11th. That's the the day that school starts back. Right, the day the school starts back. And then the next day will be, uh, like all the 16 will be there, I think. And um, so they'll have a state board recognition for all 16. Each district will present their award to their district winner. That's awesome. At the board meeting the, the following day. So it's exciting. It's exciting. But I do feel like, I mean, this is awesome just to get this far. It's great. Well, I'm I'm excited for you, and um, I can't believe. I mean, if you win, that's going to be two state teachers of the year that I personally know. That's like, see, I'm going to feel like I'm an elite group. You are. You have the award vicariously. I'm still going (laughs) to give you a hard time (laughs) every day, just to try to keep your ego. We're going to get you a a major award one day, Joe. (laughs) Whatever. That's fine. 
I had a few gigs over the summer. Okay. That was fun. We played a little bit. Walking all going. Walking all gig. Don't get any uh, awards for that. So I'm glad to be fun. back. This is mm-hmm. a lot of fun. I have missed it. Mm-hmm. Same. And I'm excited uh, about our guest today. Extremely excited about our guest. She agreed to be the guinea pig mm-hmm. because we're not so sure about this filming thing. <laughs> so this, this is all new. <laughs> this yeah. is all new. And, uh, and, and yeah, she agreed to do that. And talk about a phenomenal, phenomenal educator. I just like, okay, she came in. We were talking a little bit before we started recording. And I was impressed with her then. And then Marcy handed me her bio. And yeah. I was like, are you kidding me? Right. Right. With some of this stuff. So I, right. I can't wait I to get It's like she make it up. Okay, so let's get into it. Let's introduce our guest. Okay. So we are very fortunate today. We have with us uh, Dr. Megan McCall. And she is, uh, I, I, I want to just let her tell her story. So yeah. if you don't mind, tell us a little bit about, just give us your title right now and then take us back to how you got to, to where you are today. Very good. First of all, thank you so much for having me. Yeah. I was laughing as I came in because I love listening to your other episodes and the banter that you have back and forth. Oh, well, thank you. And your other guests. So I'm honored to be here, first of all. So thank you. I began teaching 19 years ago, and I have absolutely loved it. I swore I would never be a teacher. I am fourth (laughs) generation educator. Uh. So my mom taught uh, Spanish at Hoover High School in Birmingham, where I grew up. My grandmother was an English educator. My grandfather was superintendent of schools in North Alabama. Oh, wow. Yeah, you had a lot of pressure. I did. There was a long bloodline (laughs) there, and you tried to get away from it. I did. I did. So I got my undergraduate degree in environmental science. I worked with engineering firms for about five years, And then I saw my mom retire and I was like, wow, she made such a difference on so many lives. And I saw the impact that she made and that's what pulled me in. So the genes, I couldn't escape. They were stronger. They were stronger. (laughs) So I went back and to night school and got my master's at South in education and then started teaching at Fairhope High School and have never looked back since. I've loved it every day and have had so many experiences that have been amazing that I never dreamed as a science teacher I would have. Right. You're a science teacher. Yes. Obviously, because you had the environmental science degree. Yes. And then now you've made a little move. Yes. So I'm starting Barton actually next week, Barton Academy for Advanced World Studies. And it is thrilling because the history of the school is just amazing. And we have exceptional leaders, and our staff is incredible, and I'm really looking forward to working with them. Well, the, the history, what, so what is, yeah, so it why was, is that a big deal? It is a very big deal. It was built in 1833 and was the first public school in Alabama. That's right. Awesome. So, uh, and then it was a public school for a long time, and then was offices for the administration, and then sat vacant for a good while and they've just renovated it over the past couple of years and the foundation did an amazing job helping to support that renovation and it is beautiful and I'm really excited. I can't wait to see it. Maybe we can have a special episode over there. You should. Can we travel? We could. uh, Why not? Why not? I mean, we could we do could, a special episode. That's right. You're work, shaking right? it up. You're filming. That's right. Just That's right. go on location. Just keep going. That would be a lot <laughs> right. of fun. Okay. So we, we had Dr. Jones on uh, last year and 
it was she's the principal. Yes. The principal. Mm-hmm. And things were were just beginning to happen. She had just, I think, accepted the position and it was all brand new. So she had the, the monumental task of trying to get everything together to to hire her teachers and to recruit to get students to come to the school. And it's really neat to kind of see it come full circle. Absolutely. So I, I have been seeing posts she does a lot on social media and listing all the teachers that she's hired to come on board and just some top-notch teachers. And I really think that the podcast might be on the resumes because they've, several of our guests are teaching there now. Oh, is that right? David, 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 yeah. David, that's right, yeah. Uh Marcy Hines. Yes. (laughs) That's right. So she just listened to the podcast to figure out who to hire. Right. So So for anybody out there, you know, just look at some episodes, want some fabulous teachers. Come be on the podcast. (laughs) That might might help your your resume a little bit. (laughs) That's right. All right. So, um, well, and I want to talk with you more about Barton and kind of what you see coming for all of that. But you have done some really, really interesting things. And Her little bio just was like not giving herself enough credit for the things that she's done. I know. And she came in so (laughs) humble. And then I'm looking through this going, wow. Wow, she's she's like Julie status. No, she is leveled up. I'm not touching Julie. Leveled up. So I I I want to be Megan. No teachers of the year. I want to be Megan though. Yet. Well, yeah, right. (laughs) Okay, so let's get into this a little bit. Um, You also are a presidential awardee. Correct. Two thousand nine. Fantastic. That's how we met. Oh, it is. Mm -hmm. That's right. Car ride to Montgomery. Right. I did not know that. We carpooled. We did not know each other. No. And we took a car ride to Montgomery. With Charlene Dindo, yes. my amazing mentor. Same. So you were the secondary yes. science teacher for Correct. that award? Mm-hmm. For 2009. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Yes. Um, and then I, I got to skip down for a second because something happened where you were part of a research team that was shooting some footage. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes. We made U.S. history in the Gulf of Mexico on a NOAA, so that's National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, expedition in 2019. I was the web coordinator for education and the blogs on uh, board the expedition. And we had Dr. Edie Witter, who is phenomenal, one of my science heroes. And she first got the footage of a giant squid in the water off the coast of Japan in 2012. So she made history there and then came to the Gulf of Mexico in 2019 and was part of our expedition. And we got the first footage. It was about, uh, let's see, 2,000 meters down, no, 2,000 feet down, 600 meters. Uh, And it was about 100 miles off the coast of New Orleans. And it was uh, 12, estimated 12 to 17 feet long, which is a juvenile. So Mm -hmm. a teenage giant squid. Oh, wow. Wow. And uh, it's incredible. Right off of our own coast. That's right. I know. That's amazing. So you had to go 100 miles off coast Mm -hmm. to be able to capture something like that. So up until that time... It was just, what, speculated that they were down there? Nobody knew for sure? That's correct. So the reason that we know so much about them in the first place is that they're usually stomach contents of a sperm whale. And so Dr. Witter knew that if there were sperm whales in the Gulf, then there would also be giant squid. 
So she brought her special camera that does not scare away uh, the creatures of the deep because it doesn't have the bright lights and the loud noises. Uh, it's actually just stationary and it stays in the water for 24 hours and we leave it there attached uh, to a buoy and we come back and then we download the footage. So it was uh, five attempts before we got the footage uh, and so then it was history making and we got to um, share that with the world. It was the third top news story of the day awesome. in 2019. It was very That's exciting. Phenomenal. It was really and, cool. And your part in that you said yes. was web? I was a web coordinator. So mm -hmm. I was essentially um, the person that got everyone to do their blogs and then coordinated with NOAA to put them onto the website. Right. Yes. So how long were you on the ship? So we were on the ship think it was at least 14 days it may have been 12 to 14 days two weeks wow. out there I just you know I, I think that's amazing for a lot of reasons and one is I don't think people realize the opportunities that are out there for teachers oh absolutely I think that is you a know, major you point just, with this yes. here you are I mean you're a teacher you're a phenomenal teacher mm -hmm. But you have an opportunity to go do something like yes. that. And I just don't think people know of yes. those kinds of things. And, and they're not aware of it. And then when they see someone like you, it's very inspiring. Well, and and this is just one of the things that you have done as a professional development opportunity. Um, and, you know, we think yes. professional development is going to some building and That's sitting right. and listening for a little while. That's and. Right. Not all these other things that you've done. There's so. so many science opportunities and other opportunities out there. So just list a few of the places you've been uh, through education and teaching. Yes. So uh, 2007, the Arctic Ocean, studying geology uh, with scientists from Spain. Uh, and that was a National Science Foundation project called Armada Project. 2009, same project, scientists in Antarctica studying humpback whales and Antarctic ice fish. You've been to the North Pole and South Pole. That's right. And the Galapagos <laughs> Islands as a Toyota International teacher in 2010. Um, and so that was amazing. Got to study with scientists in the Galapagos. And then just recently this summer, I just got back from Maine. I got a grant from Fund for Teachers, Fund for teachers, um, which they will supply um, up to 5000 for an individual or 10000 for a team for any professional development that you want to create. So it's an amazing opportunity. And that's not your first one you've done Correct. for that. That's so right. I went to Hawaii uh -huh. <laughs> in 2014 and studied geology, the volcanoes in Hawaii. I'm very jealous of that. So, and, and, and this is the tip right here. So, you get these things so you can go, go do amazing science work, but also have an amazing vacation at the same time. It right? can so work that way. <laughs> it can work that way for sure. It can. So wait a minute. You forgot to mention Australia. I have not. You don't well, Australia? Well, I, it was New Zealand. New Zealand. You're right. You're okay. right. I knew you forgot yes. something. That was a Fulbright. <laughs> Thank you. That was a Fulbright um research project and that was studying secondary science education uh in new zealand in 2016 and that was a lengthy time i think you spent three months yes so i got to go and tour schools and interview teachers in new zealand because their rates of the program for international student assessment is typically the top 12 in the nation i mean in the world and the united states unfortunately have not been doing as well um, in math and science so i wanted to go and find out why and? <laughs> and and I found out that they do a lot of wonderful things, um, but predominantly they 
don't do as much multiple choice assessment. They do a lot of open-ended assessment and um, they get a lot of feedback from their students that they can identify any misconceptions and teachers really have a lot of dialogue um, and assessments. So a lot more is put on formative yes. than summative type of assessment. Well, even their summative are more open-ended. Really? Mm-hmm. So how does that work in terms of when they go into the the rankings among nations, I guess they still have to turn around and take the multiple sure. choice, so right? That's right. But it, it translates. So even though they can do all these open-ended questions, then they can go and answer multiple choice questions instead of, you know, just the 25% chance of picking a correct right. number or letter. Because they had the opportunity as, as a teacher, maybe to catch some misconceptions, right. misunderstandings. And to fully, when you can explain something, then that shows you're, you understand it much more thoroughly. That's right. Mm-hmm. You're speaking my language. Yeah. That. Yes, that, that is. That's your thing. <laughs> That's my so, thing. So um, going back to what you did this summer. Yes. It was very interesting, too, for your Fund for Teachers. Yes. To Maine. So That's you want right. to tell us about that project? Sure. So it was for climate change um, to understand the issues surrounding climate change. And there's an EarthWatch pro- uh, project up in Maine, and it's called Seas to Trees. EarthWatch is a citizen science where you can go and study with scientists in different projects all around the world. And this one, um, we went out on the coast of Maine and took samples and took, uh, we collected data and we also did a lot of microplastics data. So we took water samples and looked at them under a microscope. Very unfortunate to see how many microplastics are in our environment. So we took clams also, and we did what's called digesting the clams. You break them down into a format that they can go through a screen, and you pull out the microplastics, and we studied that as well, also full of microplastics. Can you explain that a little bit for our audience? How do they get there? Absolutely. So microplastics, um, unfortunately, all plastics, they never fully break down. Once plastics are made, they exist forever. They may just get into little tiny particles where they end up in our waterways. Uh, And it's not just our marine or ocean environments. It's our freshwater. Um, They are finding them on the top of Mount Everest in the air. They are finding them in the depths of our oceans. It's everywhere. They're um, ubiquitous in our environment. And they... um, can cause all kinds of problems. Uh, they can cause a surface for toxic chemicals to attach to and uh, move up the food chain. Bioaccumulation is what that's called. So, oh, wow. Yeah. That's pretty serious. serious. Yeah. Yes. And so that's why we want to reduce our plastic use for sure. And then, you know, sometimes people don't even think like fleece material was used to be made with a lot of plastic material. And so that has also been an avenue for plastics to get into the environment. Every time a fleece that's made with that is washed in a washing machine, that goes down the drain and plastics go out that way. Microbeads in cosmetics Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, bath products. Those microbeads Mm -hmm. don't ever go away. They just wash down the drain. So they can cause problems. So from a teacher's perspective... Going and, and doing something like that, how, how do you bring that back to your classroom? Oh, absolutely. What, what kinds of things did you, were you able to put together? Yeah, so I um, have in the past and hope to do this this coming year as well, but we can collect samples here and look at our waters and look at the samples and compare those with the main samples that we had and look at numbers of microplastics. Mm-hmm. We can also take 
data right outside of our classrooms, um, you know, with temperatures and look at long-term data studies and see how they compare. So I really like to take that data from whatever project I've done mm -hmm. and then share it with them in a way, obviously, if I have firsthand information, I can share it much more easily. Right. I also have contacts with scientists that can Zoom or come in, um, you know, virtually and mm -hmm. share with my students. So that's much more, makes it more real for them. And that's always my hope is to inspire and motivate my students to, to want to learn more about science and hopefully go into that field, even though I know that they won't necessarily, you know, that's not for they everyone, right. but right. you never but, know. But even so, even if they don't go into that that's right. field, I want them I mean, to understand it. They need to understand it as a citizen, like Correct. you said, as a citizen science. Yes. And that they understand, and it doesn't just make it not just real, but relevant. That's right. To that's, their own future. That's always my goal is so. to have them have that understanding. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So what do I want them to take away? Right. And so also they can take it into other areas, sure. not just science. That's right. And I was thinking too, you know, Barton Academy is right downtown. Yes. And you've got so many amazing resources down there, but you've got the port For right sure. down there. So you've got access to the water right there to get yeah. your samples from. So I, it seems like the... Oh, I can so see do you her have class right now diving over there at oh, Cooper yeah. Riverside. <laughs> She's yes. going to be trucking down the... <laughs> Just tie a, a mason jar to a string and drop it down. <laughs> That's right. Pull it up. Do you and do you have the equipment to be able to look... What, so what do you it need requires to be able to a filter. It? I do have to get a filter and a vacuum pump, which we'll have to um, get. And I have been thinking about that. Mm -hmm. So that's on my list. I'm sorry. Sure. I, I completely geeked out on that. I apologize. No, I, I, I appreciate it. The whole thing going yeah, on. Yes. <laughs> the little thing we made at the environmental center, right. the net right. that we yeah. were collecting. I had people, I had students uh, pulling for plankton. Yeah. Yes. And that's what they remember. You uh -huh. know, if they exactly. are doing that hands on they're going to remember that and exactly. it's going to make an impression on them for sure. I know. Exactly. And like I said, it does it, even if they're not becoming scientists per se, yes. um, they'll be in a field where, where that's going to come up. That's right. It's going to be around or teachers would have model being that great teacher for them, oh, you know, not just to be a scientist, but like, I want to be a teacher like that. Yes. That gets to go. I never to dreamed I would have <laughs> shaken the president's hand. I right. mean, never in a million years did I think that that would happen. So, right. You know, I so do. that's, it's very inspiring for our own field. Yeah. Well, not thank just you. science. So would you say all the different things that you've done, has it been kind of a domino effect where one kind of led to the other, yes. opened doors for the other? Completely. Or? Okay. And I think uh, one little nugget of advice is just to say yes and to mm -hmm. be open to experiences um, because they do build on each other. And uh, you never know where those avenues might take you later on. And you also <laughs> don't ever know, um, for example, some people are like, you always get these awards. And I'm like, you didn't see the ones that I applied for that I didn't get. You uh -huh. just saw the ones that I did get. I throw a lot of darts. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, I like that. Don't you, it, so she your, says that it, all the time. Throw it's a like, lot of darts. Just throw to, the darts. Yes, because if you don't throw the dart, it's definitely mm -hmm. not going to hit. So right. that's right. for sure my advice to anyone seeking things is, is jump in and you don't know. And the experience that you get, for example, writing grants or writing right. these proposals, you get better each time with those. And so it's it's a win-win, even if you don't get the actual award. Right. There's one coming. Yes. There's one coming. And two, the collaboration. Yes. You know, to seek oh, yeah. assistance and get 
get feedback. help, get mentoring, get yes. feedback. That community is strong. Um, yes. And wanting to do that and saying, yes, I can do this. And, and being with an administrator. Yes. Who's supportive is essential. is essential. Absolutely. I cannot stress that enough mm-hmm. for sure. So let's think about, you've had all these amazing experiences oh, and done all this cool stuff. And now you're going to bring that to a brand new school. Yes. Brand new group of students. Uh, what are you most excited about? The history in the making. I think um, Dr. Jones has a few hashtags. Adventure awaits mm-hmm. is one that I just love um, because it is so exciting. You know, this new group of students, this new uh, family that we're starting, and uh, I think that there's a lot of enthusiasm for that. There, the community has already stepped up um, our PTO and everything is really, you know, um, showing up. So we're excited about that. And That's I think wonderful. the possibilities are just open. So it's going to be great. And, and to remind the audience too, it's a magnet school. So, correct. so it's, it's a, impacting students from all over the County. That's correct. All that can parts. apply for that. And it's also sixth through ninth. ninth. Yes. So my question is, what are you planning to do next? Like, uh, where do you want to go next? Oh, gosh. Uh, I know you got something in the works, surely. <laughs> <laughs> Just the school, huh? Well, I've been working this summer uh, co-leading a group for social-emotional learning. Um, I think with COVID and the stresses that, you know, just of everyday life across the board, mm-hmm. um, I realized, you know, we really need to pay attention to that. And um, so I'm excited that I'm learning from a group of teachers all over the nation. This is also through Fund for Teachers. It's um, a a side project of theirs called the Ramsden Project. And so it is um, teachers that applied for a grant for social emotional learning and they're doing summer projects. So I'm learning from them and they're about 30 teachers and um, helping them to grow what projects they're growing. So that's the first one. The second one that I am learning from that I think is next in ed is uh, computational thinking. Oh, Computational thinking is not just about computers. Right. It's problem solving. solving. And I am a big firm believer in the problem solving skills that we need to make sure. So you think that's going to come more forward and have more emphasis on computational thinking? Because I know that Joe and I did that with when we went to the United Arab Emirates. Yeah, we we that was a part of the training was the the computational thinking. And it was very eye opening to find out that this isn't about computers, right? About logic and solving problems. Yes, exactly. So decomposition, breaking things apart. I mean, we do it already. Mm -hmm. We just need to Think about those steps. And it's not just math and numbers. Absolutely not. Yes, that's it's what's interesting every day. About that. Mm-hmm. Every day. Well, Megan, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for having me and and for being our guinea pig for the first time. Yes, on, you were an amazing camera. guest. It's my pleasure. Thank you very much. I, I I cannot wait to hear about how things go for you this coming yeah. school year for you and for the kids. It's yes, going to be it's going to be amazing. Amazing. It so, is going to be amazing. Well, thank you so much for tuning in and be sure to. Join us next time as Julie and I continue to explore what's What's next next in it. Don't forget to subscribe. If you like what you heard, please rate and review this podcast so others can find us. The Next in Ed podcast is brought to you by the Mobile County Public Schools IT Department in partnership with the Department of Counseling and Instructional Sciences at the University of South Alabama. Engineered by Tim VP Media Production. 
Music by Justin Matthews. Hosted by Dr. Joe Gaston and Julie Neidhart. Follow us on Twitter at NextInEd and on Facebook. Guests on the podcast are expressing personal opinions for informational purposes only. They are not necessarily acting as official representatives for their schools, universities, organizations, or places of employment. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved.